Hallelujah. Bless the wonderful name of the Lord. You may be seated for a moment. God bless you. Quite an honor and a privilege always to minister in Heritage Christian Life Center. We appreciate this church. Love the people here. Love Brother and Sister Sandy. They are very special friends and uh, our leader and been our pastor for the last six years. And I told him, I said, whatever you want, just grunt. Just, just make a motion. Do something. And I'm, I'm after it. And he called me the other day. He said, I was trying to get to the right level of contact, a man that can make a decision. I said, well, whatever decision you want made, you'll get it. I won't guarantee you what it'll be, but I'll give you something. He said, well, I uh, scheduled to preach in Alabama, and I need you to consider if your schedule will let you uh, fill in the force Sunday night. And we gladly accepted the invitation always. Um, this is our home. And you're our people, and uh, we love you deeply. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. Amen. Amen. I want to give a very special welcome to Steve Brewer and his son, Tyler. I met them the other day in, uh, in conversation. I said, now, I really wish you would visit uh, Heritage Christian Life Center. He said, man, said, we've been thinking about trying to find a church to go to. He said, where is it? I said, just go right down this road, and it's the first church on the left past, uh, past Sam's. They live on the other end of, uh, what is it? Greenbrook Parkway, last house on the left. I'm, I've got you spotted now. All, all 275 of these people come by your house, want you to feed them. You say, well, that preacher did that to me. Amen. Amen. But these are good people, and uh, I'm glad they chose to come tonight. If you want to stand, I'm going to get into the word of the Lord. Now, I want to say from the outset that this has been a glorious weekend. What tremendous preaching this morning from our uh, good friend and uh, minister in this church, Brother Nolan Lewis. What a move of God powerful message from the throne of grace and uh, I believe it set a direction for the entire weekend and uh, the focus has been on heaven and and um, actually really the focus this weekend has been on choices you, you got a choice you you can be saved you could go to heaven or you could just be uh, uh, you can be what you want to be and do what you want to do and you'll end up in the lake of fire You'll end up in hell. God help us tonight to say something that will keep somebody out of the lake of fire. I'm reading out of Luke's gospel, chapter 16. I'm going to read verse 19 through the end. And I have preached from this setting of scripture in 42 years of ministry, probably three or 400 times. But I've never felt a necessity of preaching 
along this line any more than I feel right at this moment. There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. There was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores, desiring to be fed with the crumbs that fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments. And seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried, and he said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water, and cool my tongue. For I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou, in thou lifetime, receivest thou good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And beside all this, between us and you, there's a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot. Neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren that, they, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come unto this place of torment. Abraham saith unto him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded. The one rose from the dead. What an incredible reading out of the Word of God. The most descriptive account that we have insight into what hell just a little glimpse of what hell will be like but I'm going to preach tonight if the Lord will help me and anoint me and I want you to pray for the will of God to be done I'm going to preach about the awfulness of hell the awfulness of hell Brother Lewis please pray a blessing on the Jesus' name. Everybody give the Lord a hand clap right now. Praise God. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. If all the unsaved people in the world, it's been estimated, were to line up single file at your front door, the line would reach around the world 30 times. 
And this line would continue to grow by 20 miles a day. And if you were to drive 50 miles an hour for 10 hours a day, it would take you four years and 40 days to get to the end of the line of lost souls. And by then it would have grown by another 30,000 miles. There's an awful lot of people that are lost. There's a lot of people that need to be rescued from the flames of eternal hell. Let me herald the warning in this audience tonight. And if I can touch that soul that's nearest hell and cause you to turn to God, then I will have accomplished that which my soul desires. I read this about the judgment day and it said the last and dreadful day was come. And the trumpet had loudly sound. The sleeping millions in the earth rise from the quaking ground. Oh, fearful sight, where can I hide? What doleful wails I hear? The moon turns now to bloody red, and the stars fall from their spear. The isles and mountains flee away. The sun, it will not shine. My eyes behold Christ Jesus come to judge the works of time. But there's no place to hide now. I care not now what people think or if they hear my cries. My money and my pleasures too have vanished with my pride down on my knees and then uh, confessing Christ as Lord of all. I have no stubborn, proud heart now. Oh, hear the great judge call. My sins are trailing my poor soul up to the throne of God. Why do they follow even here? They will not pass his word. With piercing look, he views my work. There's nothing I can hide. Where is one of my earthly friends? Come stand here by my side. But no, now I stand all alone. I glance at him, the righteous judge. He says, depart from me. I drop into the fiery pit. For all eternity, God, give me just one moment now of time. Please hear my cry. Despairing thought, t'was I who chose to ever, ever die. And there's no more hope now. A thousand tongues can ne'er describe the anguish that I feel. Too late, too late now to repent. Hellfire is all too real. The definition of the word awful I'm preaching about the awfulness of hell for the next few moments the definition means literally something 
dying. Something very bad. Something fearful. Or something dreadful. That's descriptive words of the awfulness of hell. Hell is all these. I tell you and more, the very thought of being cast into a burning lake of fire and to be tormented forever strikes terror in my heart. It is terrifying. I want you to think about it for a little while. A lot of folks don't want to think about hell. They don't want to talk about hell. They want to simplify the gospel to where you, I've heard of people that had automobile accidents and they found the New Testament in the glove compartment and they said, well, obviously they were Christian and they're all right. The Bible is very plain concerning eternal destiny. Heaven is a very real place. And we've sang about it tonight. And we've talked about it and we've I taught about it this morning. But I'm telling you that hell is just as real. And we will as individuals end up in one location or the other. Listen, I don't want any human being that I come in contact in this earth to end up in the lake of fire. My God, it strikes terror in my heart. What a fearful thought to think of the wrath of God that will be pronounced by the judge of all this earth who will say, depart from me, you cursed. Depart from me and tell his angels, bind them hand and foot and cast them into outer darkness. Oh, what an awful thought. What an awful place. What a terrible destiny. Cast them into outer darkness where there's weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. Weeping, wailing, gnashing of teeth. Hell, if you please. If I could find the words to describe it tonight, I'd have to use the term that it is indeed the madhouse of the universe. It's a place of torment. Not only one torment, but many. It's an awful, awful place. To think of the pain of hell is more than my mind can hardly grasp. To think of mothers and daddies and sons and daughters spending eternity in an awful, terrifying place like that is an almost incomprehensible thought. But oh, friend, hell wasn't prepared for People like you and me. Hell wasn't made for mothers. Hell wasn't made for daddies. Hell wasn't made for young people. 
Hell was made for the devil and his angels. But hell from beneath hath enlarged itself because of the wickedness on the face of this earth. Hell is a place of torments. There's more than one torment to be described. If we could walk through the corridors of hell today, if we could give a report somehow and broadcast it back to earth, to the known world, if we could walk through the corridors of hell and we could talk to people like Demas who the Bible said hath forsaken me having loved the present world he loved the things of the world more than he loved the things of God and so he stopped following God and he left Paul by himself and Paul was lamenting about Demas oh if we could talk to Demas he would say it will cost you your soul leave the world alone young people leave the world alone there's no hope in the world your hope is in Jesus Christ our hope is in him let's lift our hands right now and praise him hallelujah no one in this place has to go to hell nobody nobody oh Jesus if we could talk to Judas if we could for one second have an interview with him he'd say don't whatever you do sell your soul don't sell out I did and I sold out mighty cheap if we could talk for a moment with Felix he'd scream tell us tell him to make just one more plea he'd say please whatever you do sir whatever you do ma'am whatever you do young person don't walk out on God tonight don't put off till later what you ought to do today if you're not ready to meet God now is the time this is the place today is the day of salvation now is the accepted time it's God's time right now for you sir If we could talk to King Agrippa, he'd say, if I just had one more opportunity, I'd go on and make a decision to get right with God. He said, the man of God reasoned with me he told me about his transformation 
about his Damascus Road experience, he let me know that I was not ignorant to all these things. He talked with me heart to heart. I had an opportunity to say yes to God, but I had other things on my agenda. Agrippa said unto Paul, almost, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. Let me tell you tonight, sir and ma'am, I don't want to almost persuade you. I want to altogether persuade you to be even as I am. Paul said, except for these bonds. I want you to make a decision to live for God beginning right here, right now. Because your eternal destiny depends on it. It depends on it. Solomon warned, there's a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof is the waves of death. David said, the wicked shall be turned into hell. And all nations that forget God. Paul also said that Jesus Christ will be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ who shall be punished with everlasting destruction. Second Thessalonians 1, 7 and 8. John told us, and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. But the fearful, the unbelieving, the abominable, the murderer, the whoremonger, the sorcerer, the idolater, and all liars will have their part in the lake of fire, which burneth with fire and brimstone. Revelations 21 and 8. Jesus told us he gave insight to this awful place in Matthew 20. 25, 41 to 46. Uh, I'm telling you, the Bible is clear about this dreadful reality of an eternal lake of fire. The sinner is warned that time which is God given uh, be used to escape its terrible damnation. You have been granted time and space, sir, to repent. God has brought you into this congregation, into this audience tonight. He has allowed you to walk this terra firma until this present moment so that you can get right with God and be a candidate for heaven and miss the horrible, awful place called Oh, Lord, I want to go to heaven. Hell is an awful, awful place. In his book, The promise is given 
I can be saved by amazing grace. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for making me whole, Lord. Lord, dear Lord, I want to go to heaven. Hell is an awful, awful place. In Matthew 10, 28, it says, Fear not them which can kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul. But rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. I'm afraid this world has lost its fear of God. Their emotions have been desensitized. They're not sensitive anymore. There has been a time, Brother Lewis, when I wouldn't have got this far in this message on hell. People would have broke out of that pew and come screaming to an altar and say, my God, I don't want to go to a place like that. But today, they see in the newspaper and the media various forms, bombs, body parts, fire, destruction. They see so much of it that nothing, nothing gains their attention anymore. Nothing. Revelations warns us, it said, I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it, Revelations 20, 11. From whose face the earth and heaven fled away. There was found no place for them. And I saw the dead. Some folks think, well, after I died. No. Eternity is ushered in after you die. It's appointed unto a man once to die. And after this, the judgment bar of God. You're going to face your record at the judgment bar. You'll either end up in hell or you'll end up on the streets of gold. Which will it be? Make your mind up tonight before you walk out of this building. Because you may not have another opportunity to get right with God. He said, I saw the dead, both small and great, stand before God. And the books were open, and another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of the books according to their works. 
And the sea gave up the dead which was in it, and the death and hell delivered up dead which was in them, and they were all judged every man according to their works. And death and hell was cast into the lake of fire. And this is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. What a terrible thought. What a terrible thought. What a terrible thought. According to Scripture, hell must surely be a most despicable place. Although many people joke about hell, folks, listen, hell is no joke. Hell was initially prepared for the devil and his angels, but since their fall from God's grace, hell has enlarged itself in order to accommodate the many folks who have allowed the devil to rule and reign within their individual lives. Hell is a very real place. I'm telling you, hell is an awful, awful place. Don't Go there. Praise God. Will you do it? Come on, ask God to make it possible for you to be a candidate for heaven. According to the scripture, hell will be the eternal abode of the unfaithful and the disobedient. Hell will be the final resting place of immorality and vulgarity. It will be the everlasting abode of the wicked and the ungodly. It will be the end result of all those that rebel against God. And hell will be the dwelling place for all those that oppose and obey and refuse to obey the gospel of Jesus Christ. And hell will be the eternal confinement of Satan and all his familiar spirits, angels, imps, and demons. Are you listening to the preacher tonight? Listen, we... Listen, I'm telling you, God's trying to reach some heart here tonight. Saints of God, lift your hand and ask God to have his way right now. My God... My God, my God, my God. There's some things that will not be in hell. First of all, there'll be no forgiveness in hell. Nobody will ever have to listen to a sermon like this anymore. You'll never have to go through another altar call. Nobody will ever feel the conviction or the pull of God's Spirit on your heart ever again. Nobody will ever have to bow before God and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Nobody will ever have to say, I'm sorry, or apologize. Nobody will ever have opportunity to repent and make things right with God. 
Nobody will ever find a place of genuine forgiveness forever and ever. No forgiveness in hell, sir. Your doom will be sealed forever. Secondly, in hell there will be no peace. For those who refuse to make peace with God, hell will certainly not offer them any peace. In hell, anguish will be their only bread. Torment will be their only drink. Frustration will be their only thought. Fear will be their only heartbeat. Agony will be their only bed. And despair will be their only garment. And in hell, misery will be their only companion. In hell there be no mercy no matter how hard you beg, no matter how long you weep, and no matter how loud you pray, no, ma- no mercy will be available. There will be nobody else to help you in hell. In hell the alcoholic and the drug pusher will receive no mercy. The prostitute and the homosexual will receive no mercy. The liar and the thief will receive no mercy. The vulgar and the blasphemer will receive no mercy. The corrupt and the wicked will receive no mercy. The calloused and the indifferent will receive no mercy. And in hell, the lukewarm and backslider will receive no mercy. For you see, the door to mercy is closed now. If you want mercy, you can have it today. I said anyone that fits one of those categories can find mercy. If you kneel at the cross today, hey, I'm telling you the mercy of God is reaching in this place. Praise Him. Praise Him. Dear God. In hell there will be no love. There will be nothing there to love. Those who rejected the love of God will never, never, never experience love in hell. Nobody will ever express compassion or sympathy toward you for all will be suffering the torments of the flames and, and brimstone. All will be remembering their many past opportunities that they could have gotten right with God. Everybody there will have a reoccurring memory of the, the, the messages they've heard down through the years. The pleas for, for repentance that came from the lips of the ministry those words that were taught at mother's knee those words that were taught in the Bible class in their little card class hey all of those they'll have eternity to remember and rehearse them but it will be too late then too late to cry too late too late too late they'll be remembering They'll be dealing with their own guilty conscience and shame. They'll be paying for their own sinful actions and activities. And they'll be begging for their own relief and ease from the torment and the torture of hell. Are you listening to the preacher tonight? I'm trying to keep you out of hell tonight. I'm trying to give you some insight as to what it will be like throughout all eternity. Hallelujah. 
in hell, nobody will show any love for anybody else because they'll be experiencing that which so justly deserved by rejecting the Lord Jesus Christ and refusing to obey the gospel. The opportunity to listen. The Bible says to every man there's given a measure of faith. I believe every man, woman, boy, and girl in this room has enough faith in your heart to bring you to God. You have enough faith to bring you to an altar of repentance where you can get right with God before it's eternally too late. I'd rather have preached about heaven. I'd rather have preached about victory. I'd rather have preached about power with God. I'd rather have preached a positive message. But I'm telling you, this is as positive as you get. If you can take the, heed the warning that's being issued across this pulpit tonight and make up in your mind, whatever it takes, whatever it takes, I'm not going to go to hell. I don't make, it don't make me any difference. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give myself to God. I'm going to repent and I'm going to be converted so that my sins will be blotted out so that I can feel the refreshing from the presence of the Lord. I want to go to heaven. I want to go to heaven. I want to go to heaven. There'd be no joy and happiness in hell after all. How could anybody be joyful or happy? How could anybody be happy when all they can feel will be the agony of loneliness? When all they can see will be their own shame and guilt? When all they can experience will be pain and sorrow? When all they will know will be eternal damnation? When all they will encounter will be other sinners that have received that awful condemnation? How could anyone ever be happy in hell when all they will be able to utter will be screams of torment and suffering? I'm preaching to you about the awfulness, the horribleness of hell. Besides no forgiveness, no peace, no mercy, no love, no joy, there'll be no water. No matter how loud you cry, there'll be no water. No matter how long you beg, there'll be no water. No matter how sincere you ask, there'll be no water. No matter how thirsty you feel, there'll be no water. No matter how parched your throat may be, there'll be no water. No matter how wretched you may look, no water. And it won't make any difference how desperate your circumstances may be. There'll still be no water. In hell... There'll be no gospel hymns of spiritual encouragement songs to comfort your troubled soul. Do you hear what I'm saying? There'll be no consolation whatsoever. There'll be no singing in hell. Never again will ever anybody have the opportunity to sing as we've sung tonight. 
They'll never sing about the marvelous mercy of God's forgiveness once they reach the banks of hell. You'll never hear singing about amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me because the one that could have been saved is now lost throughout all eternity. You'll be tormented by those songs forever and forever and forever. You'll never hear anybody sing that blessed assurance of God's presence. You'll never hear them singing about the unbelievable greatness of God's power, about the precious promises of God's Word. You see, there'll be no singing in hell. In hell, there'll be no hope, only hopelessness. There'll be no hope of the flames of fire ever going out. There'll be no hope of ever being delivered from the torment because the Bible said between, it says very plainly in Luke 16, beside all this between us and you, there's a great gulf fixed. So they that would pass from hence to you cannot. Neither can they pass from us that would come from thence. Let me break it down for you. I'm telling you, we can't get to them once they end up in hell. We can't help people that are in hell. We can't rescue them no matter how hard we would want to try. We cannot reach them for it's eternally too late then. Not only can we not help them once they end up in that horrible place, they will never be able to get back across that great gulf. They'll never be able to, to, to leave that place. There are no exit signs in hell once you enter the place of the damned that's forever and ever throughout all eternity. There'll be no church to love you. No one will ever be concerned about you. You won't have to be getting up and getting ready for Sunday school and church. You won't have to worry about having to give tithe and offerings. Or you won't have to worry about having to sit and listen to some, uh, someone preach or someone teach. You don't have to worry about all that because your doom will be sealed forever. In hell, there'll be no worry about having to play the part of a hypocrite again. In hell, there'll be no saints for no Christians, no redeemed, no saved, no spirit-filled, no blood-washed, no sanctified, no born-again people will be there. Those who enter hell's gate will never have another opportunity to persecute another saint, to mock another child of God, to criticize another of God's chosen, to blaspheme another redeemed soul, to ruin another Christian's reputation, or to condemn another's blood-washed believer, nor will they ever have another opportunity to kill, to murder, to crucify, or destroy, or to confine, or imprison, or even embarrass another Christian. Hey, in hell, all of that will be over. People get so caught up 
in their own thinking. And those that go there will discover that no riches or wealth will make any difference in hell. Did you hear me? I said wealth and riches and gold and silver is not going to make any difference in hell. It won't make one ounce of difference. Not one. You'll never leave that place. You'll never escape. You'll never leave once you end up in hell. Furthermore, in hell, there'll be no good news you'll never hear about someone being forgiven. You'll never hear about another miracle of healing. You'll never hear about anybody being placed at ease or any burden being lifted or anyone's heart being encouraged or any circumstances being improved in hell. Nobody will ever hear of anyone, uh, one's life being transformed from that of a sinner to a saint, from a bad man to a good man, from a criminal to a just and honest individual, from a vulgar person to a sanctified person, from an immoral person to a moral person. You just won't hear it in hell. hear about an atheist becoming a believer you won't hear about a blasphemer that turns to God and begins to praise him as a matter of fact there will be no good in hell there will be no good food to eat there will be no good music to listen to there will be no good chair to sit in there will be no good bed to rest in there will be no good friends to talk to there will be no good book to read and in hell there will be no fun to enjoy whatsoever in hell, there'll be no good times, no matter what you may say or think. In hell, nobody will be telling and laughing at dirty or vulgar jokes. Nobody will be reading or watching pornographic material. Nobody will be resting and, and relaxing in an easy chair. Nobody will be enjoying the pleasures of sin. Nobody will be celebrating or having wild and sensual parties. Nobody will be boasting and bragging about their past life of sin. In hell, nobody will be glad they finally made it there. In hell, there'll be no revival. But tonight, my heart's cry is that this warning that, that just grips my soul to my very being will spark something in you if you're not ready to meet God. I'm telling you, you don't have to go to hell. Not one person in this room has to be lost. Not one. Everyone in this room is a candidate for heaven. If you'll simply give your life to God. If you'll simply turn from a life of sin and give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Want somebody to come to the music, please? I'm going to wind this down. Hell is no joke, friend. I believe that hell will be everything the Bible says it will be. And perhaps much, much more. You may joke about hell, laugh about hell, even think it's foolish for anybody to believe there's a hell. Nevertheless, hell is real. More real than the house you live in. More real than the car you drive. More real than the food you eat. More real than the water you drink. More real than the money you spend. Heaven. Hell is very real. It is a very real place.
It is more real than the air that you breathe. Because long after all these things have passed away, hell will still be in existence. Are you listening? The Bible says that hell is everlasting, eternal, forever. And forever is a mighty long time. Forever and ever. 10,000 years and it'll just be started. 10,000 years and it'll just be gone. Forever, no hope. There's no hope. There's no help. There's no escape. It's eternal, awful condemnation, pain, agony, anguish of soul, weeping, wailing, regret, remembering that you had an opportunity while on earth to have escaped that horrible, awful, awful place. You could have missed it. And there are those that are in this room that certainly will miss that place. For they're on their road to heaven. The song said, I've been on my way to heaven. For a long, long time. And many things have happened. That clouded up my mind. But I am more determined. To walk the narrow way. I've got more to go to heaven for. Than I had yesterday. There's a golden street. To walk upon. A bell I want to ring. As a brand new angel in the choir. I want to hear her sing. There'll be a lot of friends awaiting. When I walk through the gate. I've got more than I had yesterday I intend to make it I'm going to make it I'm going to make it the way to escape this terrible place is to repent and be converted so that your sins can be blotted out Peter told those on the day of Pentecost, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children, and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourself. Everybody say, Save yourself from this untoward generation. Let me tell you this. The way that you bring about salvation in your life is not because you shed blood. It's already been shed for you. Jesus shed his life's blood. But the way that you involve yourself in salvation, full and free, is to rise from where you are and go to where you need to be. Get up from where you are and make your way to an altar of repentance.
Give your life to God. Let him take charge of your life. Let there be a change of direction. That's what repentance is all about. Turn from sin to God. Turn from sin to God. That's what it's all about. God help us today. Hell's a terrible place, folks. It's a lake of fire. It's a desire, devouring fire. It's a bottomless pit. There's everlasting burning there, according to the Word of God. It's a furnace of fire, place of torment, a place of filthiness, a place of everlasting punishment, a place prepared for the devil and his angels. It's a place of fire into which the unsaved are cast alive, and a place where murderers, liars, fearful, abominable, whoremongers, sorcerers, and idolaters and all liars they're going to have their part in the lake of fires a place where the inhabitants curse God a place where the inhabitants have no rest a place where the inhabitants can never repent a place where the inhabitants gnaw their tongues a place where the inhabitants breath will be a living flame it's a place where the inhabitants drink the wine of the wrath of God it's a place where the inhabitants don't want their loved ones to come and it is a place where the smoke of the inhabitants torment is sent forever and forever and forever. Hell is an awful, awful place. Don't go there. Don't go there. I'm going to invite everyone to please stand while they sing something. And because you responded to that request from me, I want you to take it one step further. I want you to please make your way forward. Make your way to an altar and bow your knee to a God that loves you enough to keep you from a terrible place called hell. Come on. One and all, saints, sinner alike, come on. It's time to pray. Everyone, please. It's time to seek the Lord. On, seek the Lord. Come on, sir. Come on, ma'am. Come on. Now's the time to pray. It's time to seek the Lord. Come on now. Don't turn aside. Come on. Just make your way up here. Nobody's going to bother you. Just come on. Come on. Somebody, somebody pray with him. Hallelujah. Come on. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord, I seek your face, God, I turn to you, 
God, I repent. God, Lord, save me. Save me from the, save me to the uttermost, from the guttermost, Lord. God, bring me to a place of victory and power, Lord. Oh, God. Oh, Jesus, I love you. 